everybody. Welcome to our first episode of Monday Murder and Mavis. And on this new little additional series, we're going to have a guest on our show to react to the murder that we're going to be talking about. First off, let me introduce myself. I am KL. I'm a mom to a human and two cat children and a collector of many hobbies. And of course, I have Mel here. Mel, would you like to introduce yourself and also our guest for today? Yes, um, my name is Melanie and I am a mom of a cat and plenty of plants <laughs> and um, lots of like different hobbies that interest me. And today we have our guest, Tony Nam. He is an actor based in Maryland area where he is a resident at Everyman Theater and have starred in a number of plays within the theater such as Aubergine, Everything is Wonderful, The Murder on the Orient Express, and most recently, Cry Out. Tony is also my man friend <laughs> who graciously accepted the invitation to join our little podcast. So welcome, Tony. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> He's just like, I did not know that that introduction is coming, but <laughs> I did warn him. That, that was a nice little introduction. Thank you. Nice we should also add, nice has, a very, has a very lovely voice. It looks exactly <laughs> like his photo. Oh, Sounds like also, a photo. Well, funny enough, he's also a voice actor, too. So there you oh, go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I, I want to sidebar something really quickly. I don't know. Have you heard of Corpse Husband on YouTube? No. He has this like really deep voice and it's like really, really deep and like really hot. And he's blown up on YouTube. And I'm just wow. thinking like, yeah, yeah. And, and no one knows what he looks like. Like everyone just dropped their pants because of his voice. <laughs> I'm going to um, have to Google him then. <laughs> yeah, guy, girl. Sorry. But like, you know. Just to listen I, to his voice, you know. Yeah, I've I mean, asked Tony, it's like a couple of octaves away, but... Yeah, but well, it, I've asked Tony plenty of times to record himself so it could put me to bed like a lullaby, but he still <laughs> he still resists, so... <laughs> I've thought about it. I've thought about it. <laughs> Just read the Bill of Rights to her. Right? <laughs> but still, right. An ASMR style. <laughs> no, no ASMRs. That's just not my tea. <laughs> All right. So a quick disclaimer here. I guess, Mel, you can do the disclaimer. I completely forgot what it was. Yes. So we just wanted to let you know that this story does contain graphic details and cannibalism. So listeners' discretion is strongly advised. Yes. And I guess I will start off with the history. Yes. And Mel is going to is gonna finish with the crime. Um, so are we ready? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. the real question is, Tony, are you ready for this? <laughs> I, I think I'm ready. Mel's been very cagey about <laughs> what exactly you all are going to be talking about. So I'm, I'm intrigued, maybe a little bit nervous, okay. but I think I'm ready for it. I mean, I think you'll like it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> as much as you you can like a story like this. Right. All right. So I will actually ask Tony a couple of questions about history because I am definitely not a history buff. And I don't know if you are, but it'll just be fun to throw a pop quiz at you here and there. I actually oh, had boy. Papa. Okay. Yeah, I had Papa kind of like help me with some of the history stuff. And he's just like, oh, kind of trying to mansplain it to me. But <laughs> there you go. So today we are going... <laughs> We're going to hop over to the other side of the pond and tell you a story about a man in Germany. So from our title, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys can tell that we're talking about Armin Mavis. And I have been listening to a lot of different stories with his name. And I'm not sure if it's Mavis or Muse. It's Mavis. It's 
Mavis? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm just going to go with Mavis here. Um, and if it's incorrect, sorry, not sorry, because he's a murderer. <laughs> so, so there we go. So let's see. He was born in Germany and he was born in 1961. And I think it's important that before we talk about anyone's history, that we also talk about the context of their history. So from 1958 to 1961, Germany was dealing with the Berlin crisis. And by 1961, on August 13th, the construction of the Berlin Wall started to come up with split Germany into two, West and East Germany. And so this is where Mavis comes into play. He sadly, when I was doing the research, has the same birthday as my daughter, December 1st. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's such a special day for me. Oh. Um, and <laughs> um, so I know, sad, right? But the guy was born on December 1st, 1961, just, you know, a couple months after the wall went up. And he was born on the left side of the wall, which apparently was a little bit better than being on the east side of Germany. And even though he wasn't struggling as much because he was born in a pretty affluent family, I'm just, I just can't imagine the chaos, the stress and the anxiety of living in Germany at that time. And I can't imagine being a parent during that time. And so if you're in a state where your country is kind of shooken up a little bit, I'm pretty sure parenting is probably not like the first thing on your mind. And I'm pretty sure that like, they're not going to be the type to emotionally care for their children like we do today. So just with that in mind, it's it's just kind of sad to think about that Mavis was growing in that time with the kind of parents that he had. So from what I found, his father was a police officer and he saved up quite a bit of money to buy a mansion for his family, which is really interesting to me because like if we're talking about police officers in America, I don't think anyone can save up to be to buy a mansion in the US as a police officer. So maybe, I don't know, well, yeah, in, right. in the 60s Real- of Germany, Yeah, I would say I would say the real estate back then is probably a lot cheaper compared to now, you know what I mean? And expensive then. Yeah. But then we're also talking about wages being lower too. So yeah, there's true. no way. Because this is a it's a pretty big home, like to the point where he had like a, a separate room to do his things, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I guess. Yeah, when you say mansion, I mean, are we just talking about like a really big house? It's a uh, 31 about, like- bedroom. It's a 31-bedroom <laughs> mansion. It's a mansion. like 31 bedrooms. Not- it was okay, so yeah, big. It was mansion. so big that... Yeah, no, yeah. nobody ever walked upstairs to explore a lot of the rooms. Um, and that's yes. why he was able to have that one room hidden. Yeah, so it's not, you know, what we call our McMansions today. I no. It's a, it's a mansion. And it's not like, you know, everything is bigger in Texas houses and you call that a mansion. No, no, this is a... Uh, mansion, which again, like, how was he able to afford that as a police officer? So I am also wondering if, like, his dad did something sketchy for the government to, or, or for other people, because you know, like, sometimes yeah, I'm not saying not, that they all. didn't, they didn't go into that, so. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's not hard to to assume that that mm-hmm. is something that might be happening under the table because, you know, like, I don't know. Anyways, so let's see. So his father had two sons before him, before he met his mother. Mm-hmm. And by the time they met and got married, his mom, by the way, was 40 at the time and his dad was only 21. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like age gap is like not a, a big thing and I don't like tend to judge that kind of stuff. But apparently his dad was very distant towards 
Armin and 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 I guess because he wasn't really looking forward to having another child and his mom pretty much kind of trapped him into the marriage with Armin. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how his dad feels towards Armin while he was growing up at the time like you're trapped in a marriage because of this child and you kind of blame the child so I can't. So I'm pretty sure Armin kind of absorbed that energy as well. But other than that there's not much info on his father and even his mother and, and anything that we do hear about the the parents it's actually from Armin himself when he was interviewed during the arrest so mm-hmm. we can't really you know we have to take it with a grain of salt but he was very lonely when he was growing up and by the time he was 8 he heard his mom and dad arguing and i guess his dad was so upset that he just got in the car and just took off and never came back so i guess then he just ended up being the um he just ended up like replacing the manly figure in the family and so his mom just raised him as a single parent but even though his dad wasn't very interested in being a father to him it wasn't like his mom was either again she kind of had him so that she can trap the father so i'm pretty sure you know she must have blamed him as well for like oh why your dad ran off as well i mean that kind of stuff is so complicated to me she also seems like she was kind of a sadist as well because she was very controlling and attached to him and she would always reject any girl that Mavis wanted to date mm-hmm. and during this time he ended up creating like an, an imaginary brother named Frankie And Frankie was a little blonde boy and he was the one that would listen to him um talk about all of his desires and his needs and you know he was the one that he can divulge all of his secrets to which makes sense because Frankie is him. So then by the time he was 12 he was fantasizing a lot about um all of his friends and he was mostly fantasizing about eating his friends. He was attracted to girls and also guys but he was more interested in eating of his male friends and by the time he turned 13 that's when he started to go through puberty and a friend of his mother named Ula she pretty much kind of like showed him the way as far as how to become a teenager but she took on a very dark role in his life where she encouraged him to express his dark side of his personality and she kind of pushed him to talk more about his fantasies and and his dark desires and honestly even though he did spend some time with her and and it's very you don't know very much about the relationship they have but i can't imagine it being healthy because she was also like a a satan worshiper right so, so i'm more oh, wow. and and also Yeah, and I'm also wondering like what is more in that relationship than just being the friend of the mom, you know? Like that all that stuff kind of comes up as like red flags to me. But I mean, even though he was hanging out with her and having her guide him through his adolescence, which is so bizarre to me to be honest. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. But he even though she was doing that and he kind of had some that he can talk to, he still really wanted his mom's attention and her love, which makes sense because everyone wants to be loved by their their parents you know mm-hmm. but he did want to get away from the control of his mom and he also wanted to get away from Ula because again Satan worshiper and I'm pretty sure he kind of was like so yeah what, I need a yeah was she like auntie figure in his life like what does it mean that she was like guiding his adolescence or she just was around more and more available to him than his mom yeah i'm assuming she kind of just took on like a Yeah, just like a, a a side role as like a mom or something. They didn't really go into too much detail besides she was the friend of the mom and she just added more 
stuff to his brain as he was growing up. So there wasn't a lot of information about that. When I'm like listening to you talk about it, it kind of just made me feel as if that she actually guided him through like everything in terms of even sexually. Yeah, and and that's what I was trying, like I was thinking too, if it was a grooming situation. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, because Mm -hmm. that could also, you know, play in the part of him being the way he is as well, you know? Yeah, because, you know, for a while he always just thought, okay, I'm weird. I got to hide this thing. I'm not going to express it. But then this lady comes along and she's like, oh, you can tell me about all this Mm -hmm. stuff. It's okay to be dark. It's okay to have these fantasies. It's okay to think about, you know? And so I can't, I'm I'm wondering if that was something that kind of pulled some of that out. But I mean, it wasn't like that was was the one trigger, right? Mm -hmm. Because he ended up trying to get away from his mom and also Ula as well. Uh, And so he joined the German army. He was there for a while and he did he did really well he climbed up the ranks he was still socially awkward and kept to himself a lot while he was in the military and wasn't he there for about a decade or so mm-hmm. it was, like uh, really it was a long time and yeah he flourished uh, in the army as well so though mm-hmm. so a lot of his fantasies or whatnot mm-hmm. were not ever brought to play during that time because i think he had that was his distraction yeah and he was also like he kept himself but he had to suppress a lot of it right yes in mm-hmm. the military and correct you know, and the interesting thing is that, like, even for someone like him being in the military, he would thrive, right? Right. It, it took a specific person to be able to be in the military, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to shoot a person. Because there's a lot of studies out there that have suggested that, you know, when someone goes into the military, and even though they're face to face with someone with a gun in their face, like, they couldn't pull the trigger because they didn't want to kill a person. Yeah. And, like, that ethical, moral side of it being a human still in us. And so that's probably the reason why he thrived because again his mm. uh, morals are a little little mm. different right skewed but, yeah but you know he was socially awkward and you know he kept himself and i think by the end of his being in the military he i, I think he just kind of felt really depressed and started drinking and that's when he got dismissed mm-hmm. he got into okay. two two accidents which got him kicked out of the army okay okay yeah. so where did you read that i did not i i remember hearing i think it was from the interview that i heard it from oh, oh yeah okay, gotcha, i look gotcha. i watched the whole thing <laughs> just so oh, i could no. be like clear of the story you're very brave like it's hard <laughs> for me to listen yeah to, to the interviews of the murders i don't like their voices it's oh, not I like know. tony's voice you know it's different <laughs> um <laughs> me having a panic attack over here just listening to like voices of murderers i know okay so i'm gonna ha- i have a quick question for you guys have you guys heard of something called boar fetish uh no tony <laughs> i want to know about your kinks have a you heard war? of boar fetish <laughs> boar fetish b-o-r-e no what is that no okay so boar fetish is a type well, yeah, of yeah no, i've never heard of that never heard of it okay well it's a kink and now you're gonna hear about it <laughs> and maybe you guys can try but you know, it's their own little private thing. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> don't tell me about it. Okay. So, boar fetish is a kink that some people are into. And basically, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's the idea of being eaten or eating others. 
Right. Um, okay. And it, okay. it, you know, and it sexually arouses them. Um, I, yeah, there's I've, like never, different... I've never heard of that term before. That's crazy yeah. that there's a fetish for that. Yeah. But you know, there's a fetish for everything. So yeah, that's true. I, you know, I don't, again, I don't yuck other people's yum. Well, there's no <laughs> way that Tony and I are going to partake in that ever. So don't well, worry. Okay. Well, Look, there's different. <laughs> yes, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, 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 yo! <laughs> We're, let's not take this off that's, the table. I mean, is, so wait a minute. What? So you're talking about literally? There's, there's more. Well, let's eating yeah. like a person's flesh, like that. Yes. Well, it's it's a fantasy, right? Like you know, when you're talking about. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's such a weird conversation. I'm sorry that this is something we're talking about <laughs> since we're meeting for the first time, Tony, but here we are. <laughs> I just put it on the table. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, I will get great. to know you normally later. <laughs> okay. But it's a fantasy, right? Like you want to uh, think that you're, you're in someone's belly or, or you want to think that you're consuming someone. And it, as a way, so the way Mavis had pointed out was something because he felt so lonely and like a lot of people in his life that were significant left him that he yes. felt the only way to keep the love there is to consume them so that they're always yes. with him forever which is freaky as shit <laughs> and that's how war fetish works that is it's, it's, it's the concept of consuming someone you love mm-hmm. or being in someone's belly that loves you and feeling safe and never leaving them or them leaving you so that's the whole point of this war fantasy and the communities of it is different i kind of like <laughs> dug a little bit too deep there <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know some people what they do is they wrap themselves up in the blanket and then they'll wear headphones on where they can listen to like the gurgling of their partner so they feel like they're in the, their partner's belly and then it arouses them and oh my god again yeah it's it's different you know not my cup of tea not something i do on the weekend but you know it's how it's different that's all i gotta say yeah right? let's, move, let's move on <laughs> okay yeah so so you know cannibalism is well, pretty much yeah that's just fantasy <laughs> <laughs> but you know cannibalism is pretty much taking that concept to the extreme yeah. and basically that's what mavis was talking about is like you know if he eats his friends they could stay with him forever mm-hmm. and they won't abandon him like his father did that's the reason why he was a little bit more into eating men than women yeah i don't know if you guys have seen the pixar sketch um uh it's like a short sketch of this mom and the little bow have you seen that one? <gasps> yes! Oh my gosh, Tony oh, yeah, yeah, watched yeah. it the I other the other week and he showed that to me and oh my gosh, I bawled my eyes out because it was but, just so sad. But I mean, did you see that part where she got well, really upset? I was upset totally thinking of like, that short. Yes, that's true. She did right? them. Right? Yeah. Yes. It's- <laughs> oh my God. Weird, right? We just that's took something so, so innocent. <laughs> I know. Now you're like, oh my God, now I can't see that in the same way. Well, I mean, but it's the same thing. It's just like, okay, I'm so upset. I don't want to let my son go. I'm just going to eat him and he's going to be with oh me forever. But anyways, uh, back to Mavis here because that's yeah. the topic. But, <laughs> but it's, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Wow. So he was assessed by a psychiatrist and um, this particular psychiatrist worked in human sexuality. And basically what he said was George Stoltman was his name. Mm-hmm. He ruled that Mavis had a special form of obsession with male flesh. And basically it's not insane. He just has a severe psychological abnormality which simply put like he's a cannibal and it's pretty much like asking someone what their favorite food is or what kind of food their soul like for some of us it would be like a hot bowl of chicken noodle soup for me it would be a bowl of kanji because it makes me feel like i'm being loved by my mom when i'm sick for armin 
it's a person, so it's pretty much a preference. Like I like to eat this, and he just likes to eat that. Strangely enough, he also developed a sexual as well、uh, to the point of wanting to eat his imaginary friend Frankie, which I thought was crazy. Yeah,、Whoa. that's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's that's a lot. Like next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that his imaginary friend was like, "Yo, I'm, I need to leave you. We gotta not be friends anymore," is a,、uh, it's a lot. Wait, his imaginary、lot. friend? Yeah, that he said he, that he had to leave. No, I don't know if he said that, but he definitely Mavis had an attachment to his to his imaginary friend. It's just crazy that he he had sexual tendencies and thoughts as well as wanting to eat Frankie. Yeah, yeah, and you know that the whole、wow. sexual. Tendency when it comes with the whole with him being a cannibal.、Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's correlated, as in like if he eats someone, he gets turned on by it, or if he's turned on and then he eats someone. I it, I do feel like those two things are very different. But of course, you know we're not we're not in his head, so we don't know. But you know, even when he was arrested, he's just like the last thing I want anyone to do is to apologize me and make me look like a crazy person. Like this is just my preference, so. You know, charge、yeah. me with whatever, but don't throw me in the loony bin. To me, he doesn't seem insane. Like his brain is all there when he does his interviews or the way he talks to the cops. So it's just, and even him rising in the ranks in the military too. He,、mm-hmm. It's just his yeah. He was more normal. Right, he was more than competent. He was very smart. No one said that you know anything of it. He just had this really extreme fetish of his that he couldn't shake off.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the thing is like, well, you know, there are some tribes and communities during humanity's history、mm-hmm. that would pretty much clutch their pearls at the thought of us burying our loved ones. And for some of these tribes, they would eat the hearts of their loved ones to carry them through eternity. What? Or they'll eat- Yeah, yeah, or they'll eat the brains of their enemies so that their spirits won't come back and harm the tribe. Oh my、so、god! Even, yeah, so this is like a part of our history as humans, and so I can't imagine like some of that DNA not being trickled down into modern time. Oh, like、geez. that would be naive to think that gene was completely eradicated, right? Even with that said, like hard pass, yeah,、uh, hard pass, bears, but like <laughs> not his rump roast, you know, not interested as it is. Yeah, hard、yes. pass thing, you know. Okay, so back to Mavis. Basically, during the time he did come back from the military, and in 1999, his mother passed away, and she left him with the mansion. He didn't、mm-hmm. really take care of it because, again, it's a Ginormous mansion, like I can barely even dust my house, like a thirty-one <laughs> bedroom mansion. <laughs> can you imagine? And also, a few years after that, Ula also passed away. So, two people who were of significance in his life pretty much left him.、Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed as though he was doing fine with his mom's death on the outside, but I guess in the inside, he was arrestedly developed, especially back to when he was a child. And he thinks back to the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel, where even in his interview he mentioned that he was just fascinated by the scene where the children were fattened up and being eaten by the witch.、Mm-hmm. So after his mom's death, he would reflect on that time of his life, and time stood still for him. And you know, he kept all of his childhood toys. He would dress up in his mom's clothes and talk to himself in the mirror. And then now that she's gone and wasn't controlling him, he could pretty much do whatever he wants. And so his new hobby was getting into pornography and just watching a lot of it. And he was really into the the torturous, painful types of pornography. And again, like nothing pathological. 
cynical about it. Um, you know, some people are just aroused by pain. And, I mean, we have the whole genre of BDSM out there, mm-hmm. which is a whole other rabbit hole. But he did end up discovering some chat rooms when it comes to cannibalism. And this is where his infamy kind of started. And I think I'm going to let Mel talk about this part of his life. Okay. So after his mom died, like you said, uh, Armin Mavis felt free to do what he wanted. He turned one of the 31 bedrooms into a slaughter room, complete with ceiling, meat hook, refrigerator, a human cage, a bed. He unleashed his fetish that he had hidden for so long. And he felt as if like in order to be with someone completely, like we said before, was to like love them, that he needs to eat them so they would stay with him forever and never leave. So he went on to the Cannibal Cafe, where he's been posting for several months with photos he took of butcher meat he made to look human. And then people on there like idolized him, which is crazy. He's just never had that type of attention before. He eventually posted an ad for a voluntary man between the age of 18 to 30 years old whose desire was to be eaten. He had several inquiries and then one of them came to his house, but eventually backed off. He let that man go willingly because he wanted someone who wanted to die. Like he deep down didn't want to kill someone who he wanted that person to come willingly to him. So like not really like a victim. Mavis had met one guy at a hotel room and the guy wanted him to name each section of his body like a cow part. And Mavis would write the name down on a piece of paper and then pinned it onto each section of his body, which got the guy excited. But that was the extent of how far he wanted to go. So then Mavis had several other requests like people wanted to be barbecued like a chicken or others who wanted to be hit with a hammer and then slaughtered. Like there are some really troubled people on these chat sites. Yeah. One day Mavis saw an ad of a man by the name of Bern Brandes who said dinner or your dinner. I'm offering you a chance to eat me alive. Finally, Mavis found a genuine willing victim whose fantasy was a counterpart of his own. And so side note, do you guys know how many calories a human body contain? Mm. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Just uh, a wild guess. Just a wild guess, okay. Yes. <laughs> no, no, hold on. I'm calculating. I'm calculating. <laughs> I want to say about 60,000. Close. <laughs> Close. Oh, gosh, the man. Wow. I have no I have no basis to calculate this. I 60,000. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say uh, 75,000. Okay. Well, Tony's closer. No, so it's well, actually. cheated. Yeah, I was first. That's why. <laughs> well, it could. I, close could have been lower or above. You know what I mean? Yeah, but still. <laughs> so anyways, a human yeah, body 50, 50. I, just, I just made a guess which direction to go in. Contains 84,500 calories. Calories. Okay, see, I went with 60,000 because I was calculating my body weight, by the way. Ah, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's really interesting. I had no idea, but that's a lot of calories to be to, <laughs> to be like consuming, you know? Well, I mean, if you think about a hamburger, that's like, what, 700 calories, and it's a small patty. Oh, that's right. Okay. You know? so, no, so but that's, that's where I was getting my number from. Oh, okay. Where were just, you getting your number, Tony? He just pulled it from somewhere. Oh, interesting. He pulled it from my number. <laughs> I was like, do I think it's more than 60,000 or less than 60,000? I think it's more. Exactly. Just, yeah. I, had no, I didn't have like 700 calories in a hamburger. I didn't have any of that. So Yeah, that's wow, true. That's okay. So about so, 85,000. Okay. We wow. can move on. So like Mavis, <laughs> Brandon was marred by his past. 
His mom died when he was five, and his dad never talked about it. The relationship broke down when Brandis confessed he was gay. So he was similar to Mavis, as like both being boys, both did not receive the emotional acceptance by the parents. The feeling of being loved and accepted as who you are, and not what they expect you to be. So the basic level of trust and acceptance. So Brandis grew up wanting to feel pain. He wanted someone to hurt him specifically in the breast and genital area, and he wanted someone to bite off his penis. But no one he met was willing to do that until he met Mavis. The two began exchanging messages where Brandis said he wanted his skull to be used as an ashtray later, and that he wanted his penis to be cut off, and then both of them to eat it together before he dies. So I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> This is why the gruesome part. So on March 9th, <laughs> wow. are you are you just stunned right now? <laughs> yeah, this is wow. Just go on. Yeah. Okay. So on March 9th, 2001, the two met at Mavis' residence in Rottenburg, where actually Mavis also was known as the Rottenburg. What was it? Killer, I believe.、Um, no, the but, cannibal of cannibal. Rottenburg. Yeah. Ran, yes. Yeah. And then, so his residence in Rottenburg, where Brandis moved to the living room and got completely naked upon arrival, and then Mavis can admire his dinner. The two had sexy time, which Brandis wanted. But then didn't enjoy the sex because he said Mavis was too feeble. He told Mavis, "You can't inflict the kind of pain on me that I want." He wanted to experience the ultimate high, and for him, that was to be eaten alive. That would be the ultimate bliss to him—to feel like that extreme pain. Brandis then changed his mind and wanted to go back to Berlin. So Mavis drove him to the train station, which was like two hours away. At the station, Mavis said he can do the type of pain Brandis wanted. He might need some encouragement, so they stopped at a pharmacy to get sleeping pills and cough medicine. If Brandis was sleepy enough, then Mavis can cut off his penis with a knife. They went back to the house. Brandis took some pills and told Mavis to cut off his penis, which Mavis started off with a dull knife, which I find kind of weird because if you were gonna cut something off, wouldn't you just do a sharp knife? Well, <laughs> like that's just Brandis, the torture of it. Well, I think Brandis wanted to feel the、oh, isn't pain. Isn't that what he wanted? Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, he wanted to feel the pain. That's the reason why they didn't go、okay. something more. So obviously,、square. with a dull knife, that didn't work. And Mavis found a sharper knife, which was he was able to make the cut in just a few seconds. Brandis let out an agonizing pain, but not for long—about twenty to thirty seconds. Brandis said all he could see was blackness. He had to sit down for a few seconds later. It didn't hurt anymore. He was astonished because he had hoped that the pain would last longer, but he was happy to see blood gushing out of his genital area. Okay, <laughs> this, this another、guy. side part. Yes. Okay, a quick question here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> I know.、Uh, we, again, just, we have、I'm、to meet. He,、uh, he does have liquid courage next to him, so <laughs> he's just like it、yeah, went back inside. Yeah, <laughs> 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 <It's just> like, <laughs> oh my god! Well, here's my question. He、mm-hmm. was turned on by the pain, but、yes. then how can you if it's Gone. Well, he expected it to be longer. Like he wanted、yeah. it to be longer. But for but it, the, but I'm the, talking about the, the body just went into、gone. shock. Yeah, like I think <laughs>、oh, the body、okay. went into shock and it just numbed. You mean his, his pain. penis is gone? Yeah. Well, yes, his penis was gone. But I think that the pain in that area, it just you sometimes in your brain, like it's crazy. If you just like think of something well, else, or like it just shuts off that pain. Like yeah, adrenaline, right? Yes, yeah, totally. Like, hear, That's probably what he、bombs. felt. Yeah, I just, I it just baffles me because it's like you know he wants the pain, but like how can you still get turned on when you know the penis is gone? So like it's being turned on like a. Oh, I guess it is. 
it's a more mindful line, thing. Yeah, it's more the yeah, it's a mindful thing. It yeah, anything, yeah, to be to attached to an organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, as a male, <laughs> yes. yes oh, please tell me. Very much involved in being turned on, but I would say, I mean, I, I would think this would be similar for everybody. Like, you don't, you don't just feel the sexual arousal just in that one area. I think you could feel, yeah, the high and the sort of arousal. You know, even yeah. with that gone. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just I don't one like of the senses. That, but. <laughs> well. So that's what happened. Brandis cool. then told Mavis to cut it in half. Apparently, Brandis tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but could not because it was too tough, and he puts it chewy. Then Mavis took both parts of the kitchen to wash and blanch them. He then sautéed it in a pan for a few seconds with salt, pepper, and garlic, but the meat was so fresh that it shriveled in the pan and wasn't really edible. Mavis did this so quickly so that Brandis wouldn't be left for long and faint. But when he wait. went back, mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> another sidebar. Yeah. Didn't he burn it because he overcooked it? <laughs> so there was there like, so I had looked up several different things. It was one was in uh, Murderpedia. And I believe huh. that Murderpedia, some of the details were off. And so, so I had to go back to the interview and this is where he recounted it gotcha and so he was so i would go by i went by his his words okay. so yeah brandis when he went back to see brandis that's he was, interesting yeah i was just i mean did he did he like have a recipe in mind no <laughs> no he just went with it <laughs> it was salt, yeah. pepper and garlic right right it was it's just like your typical you know ingredients that you would just put together when it comes to meat you know yeah that's what i do with my steak so I mean, right so simple sense. keep it simple so yeah, when he went back to Brandis, he was totally fine. <laughs> but he, he was disappointed that he couldn't eat his penis because it wasn't edible. And in Murderpedia, they had said that he, they had fed it to the dogs, which he didn't recount that. Like Mavis didn't recount that. So that's kind of weird where they got that information from. So according Wait to minute, journalists, so yeah. I was just going to ask. So while he's like cooking up the penis in the kitchen or whatever, he's just bleeding out? Yes. I mean, how is this guy still conscious? He's just no idea. Out. Yeah, he was just bleeding out. And he what he didn't faint so during this whole time brandis actually wanted this whole thing to be filmed so the whole scene was recorded on a two-hour videotape and according to journalists and this is a videotape that was never actually made public according to journalists who saw the video Brandes may already have been too weakened from blood loss to actually eat any of his penis so i don't think he was really all there Around 9 p.m., Brandis said he was cold, so Mavis ran a hot bath for him and checked on him every 15 minutes. He was happy to see that his wound was still gushing like a fountain in the bath. This is like a really messed up guy. Mavis laid on his bed and read a Star Trek book for three hours while Brandis was bleeding to death in the bath. Brandis eventually tried to get out of the bath but collapsed unconsciously. Mavis took him to bed and Brandis was in and out of consciousness. He eventually got up again, stumbled, and then fell by the bed after 2 a.m. Mavis went to see him and didn't know what to do. He placed Brandis back in bed, took the knife, didn't know whether to pray to the devil or God, prayed to God for forgiveness, hesitated some more, kissed Brandis' forehead before slitting his throat. Hmm. In interviews, it was actually hard for Mavis to talk about killing Brandis. He didn't enjoy taking the life of another. But talking about what he did with the body was very normal to him. He had done a lot of research on how to cut up a body. Mavis cut off the head first, hung it on a meat hook. He then took the organs out and cut the body in half and washing it. He stored a lot of the parts in a freezer with a false bottom so no one could see what was under it if they ever discover it. 
Mavis took a piece of rump steak and a piece from his back and grilled it and made princess potatoes and Brussels sprouts to go with it. He took out his finest dining set. He lit some candles and poured himself a nice red wine, then took his first bite. The first bite was actually strange to him. He spent like 30, 40 years dreaming about this moment, and he felt as if he had achieved the ultimate connection through his flesh. He said it tasted like pork, but stronger, more substantial. The taste was unlike anything he's ever eaten. So then over the next six to eight months, Mavis would use grind up body parts as hamburger or use it like toppings on pizza. He consumed up to 20 kilograms of the flesh. What's 20 kilograms? Because <laughs> I'm not actually really good with the conversion. 20 kilograms. Uh, we're supposed to double it. Isn't oh, it like 40, 40, 40 pounds? Right? 40 My pounds? God. 50, 50, 60 pounds-ish, I think. So, That's a lot of meat. Wow. Yeah. So, so then, I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, a male is what uh, on average 160 70 pounds so where's the rest (laughs) unless it's just fluid he just consumed he didn't he actually didn't finish all of it he just consumed like 20 just on his own currently he like at the time he consumed 20 kilograms he still had a few left um, in the deep freezer but he already felt as if it was dwindling down so he went back onto the chat site which actually was probably his downfall you know because he he wanted to go back and find more meat but anyways like two days after brandis's death his boyfriend reported him missing but Brandis erased all internet searches from his computer that relate to anything with cannibalism and such. So nothing led back to Mavis. So as his stash began to dwindle, Mavis took to the internet again and posted a new ad for another willing victim. He included images and videos of what he did with Brandis. And again, people really raved over his post and touted him to be their idol. He enjoyed the intention immensely and quite possibly because he didn't get that type of attention growing up so lonely. Mavis was arrested in December 2002 after a college student in Innsbruck tipped the police after seeing new ads for victims and details about the killing on the internet. Investigators searched his home and found body parts and the videotaped killing. On January 30th, 2004, Mavis was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. The case attracted considerable media attention and led to a debate over whether Mavis could be convicted at all, given that Brandis had voluntarily and knowingly participated in the act. There were also complications as cannibalism in itself was not illegal in Germany at that time. Did you know that cannibalism is technically also uh, not illegal in U.S.? Really? Yeah. As far as the time that I had looked at this up, it is not illegal in U.S. So technically, it is illegal. It's. I'm sorry. Technically, it is legal in the state in the yes. U.S. But from state to state, they do have different laws as yes. far as biohazards right. and desecration of a body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how people would get charged if they. Um, cannibalize right. other people. However, there are loopholes, which I will share at the end. Okay. So if you guys are interested, so, <laughs> we can go through So I'll, I'll continue. Okay, so he had lied in the beginning, but that was the only time that he lied. After that, he admitted that what he had done and expressed regret for his actions. He added he wanted to write a book of his life story with the aim of deterring anyone who wants to follow in his footsteps. Websites dedicated to Mavis have appeared and people advertise for willing victims. Quote, they should go for treatment so it doesn't escalate like it did with me, unquote, said Mavis. He believes that there are about 800 cannibals in Germany. In April 2005, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed his sentence. They believed he should have been convicted of murder, not manslaughter, and given a life sentence. 
Among the questions court answered is whether Brandis agreed to his killing and whether he was legally capable of doing so at the moment of killing, taking into account that his apparent mental problems as well as his significant intake of alcohol and other drugs. Other aspects of the retrial determined whether Mavis killed to satiate his own desires, in particular sexual desires, and not because he was asked to, which Mavis has repeatedly rejected during testimony. At his retrial, a psychologist stated that Mavis could reoffend and still had fantasies about devouring a flesh of young people. On May 10th, 2006, a court in Frankfurt convicted Mavis of murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. So that's where I, I ended. I know we wanted to ask a few questions after <laughs> of how, how Mavis turned his lifestyle around in prison. <laughs> so wait, he got convicted of manslaughter? In the beginning. He got convicted okay. of, of manslaughter for eight and a half uh, years. Okay. Um, but he should have been, they should said that he should have been convicted of murder. Okay. Because, I mean, it's so bizarre how some of the articles would have it one way or the other. Like, there were some that said he was convicted of manslaughter, and there were some um, said that he was convicted of desecration of a corpse. But then again, I guess there, yeah, there was just, is, I think that's yeah. about the same, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was only eight years for, for the first one, which was like... Well, I mean, I, but they've gone... He, it's not like he actually finished the, those, the years because they kept yeah. doing these retrials. So eventually he was convicted of murder and now it's life, um, life prison. But Tony, just a wild guess. How do you think that he um, is living like in prison? Like, what do you think his lifestyle is? Like, what's his new hobby? What's his yes. new interest? Yeah, what do you think is his what do you, new interest? What do you th how do you think prison has changed him? Uh, I don't know. Pink figurines? <laughs> Take a while, guess. I have no idea. Just a while. Just, like, has no. he changed that much in, in, in prison? Does he he changed okay. his lifestyle. Okay, so let, I guess if we backtrack I, a little bit, he, he isn't one to want to murder. He just wants yes. to consume humans. He also is you know, pretty all there in the mind, a very smart guy. Mm -hmm. um, another thing if we want to consider is that he, um, he was also very helpful in other case, other cannibalistic cases as well. He actually helped the yes. authorities find two other cannibals mm -hmm. um, that were not as like, you know, ethical or moral as he would consider himself to be. But while he's in prison, just kind of think how he changes life around. Did he become like a, a counselor to other prisoners? No. Okay, I right, now you, you can tell. <laughs> you could you could share this wise little Yeah. Well. He he actually be, he became a vegetarian. Oh, uh, well good for him. <laughs> yeah. Which was crazy how he turned his life around. But yes, there are about eight hundred cannibals in Germany. He's decided to help police department find them and just like I guess reform them. <laughs> well, I guess being one is not a crime, right? I think it's right. acting upon the being is is criminal. As also um, how how you find the body and as well what you had said before, how they dispose of the body. Yeah, I mean uh, in, in the U.S., it is not illegal to be a cannibal. It's, mm -hmm. again, how you obtain it. For example, right. you know how after women have children, they want to take home their placenta and do yes. what they want? Yes. Technically, that would be considered cannibalism, right? Like you're yes. eating 
a body yep. part. Yeah. You know, and so the reason why we don't have an actual law on cannibalism is because where do we draw the line? Like yeah. swallowing yeah. your own spit, biting your tongue and accidentally like, you know, sipping oh, that's on the true. you know, all of that tiny stuff. It's very, I, I mean, you know, the, we have laws, but sometimes the government's like, we don't want to touch that <laughs> with a 10 foot pole. So let the states handle it themselves. So if it's a biohazard and the states is like, hey, let's, you can't take this biohazard home then you can't take it home. And then again, mm. the other part is desecration of a corpse, as in like, I don't know, going through to a grave and like uncovering the grave or something. So mm. that is illegal. So they would use that if you end up eating a person. And then of course, the the crime of murdering to mm -hmm. get the meat right. However, yes. if you can ethically and legally obtain human flesh, then you can eat it. For example, the placenta. And uh, and here's another thing. There's this guy. I don't know where he, he is from, actually, but it, he was from on Reddit. And apparently he was in a motorcycle accident and, like, his foot got crushed. And mm -hmm. so they, have, they had to amputate it. And he asked his surgeons, like, can I take the foot home? Because he and his friends were talking about, like, you know, eating... It was just a weird, fun, silly, dare kind of situation where it's like, hey, if you can eat human flesh, would you do it? And and they said, yeah, if you can obtain the meat ethically, then let's do it. And so I, I guess he his foot was able to come home with him after the accident. Oh, my gosh. And he made tacos. Yeah, he made tacos out of it and his friends and all just ate it. Yeah, what? and they're just like <laughs> enjoying themselves. Well, this also reminds me, like, probably not, it's not the eating part of it, but it was that woman who scammed I forgot which fast food restaurant. Do you remember that where like she went to a restaurant and it was it was a Taco Bell or something like or Wendy's was it Wendy's like that they she had a bowl of chili and she found a finger a human finger inside. No. So and but it was a scam that she said that it was you know she found it in there but later on they found out that it was actually someone she knew there was an accident so he lost his finger and then she somehow obtained it and she's been using it to create these type of scams to win a lawsuit so she could get money from it. So she pulled a Phoebe. <laughs> yes, but the Phoebe. Phoebe found it, like, you know, involuntarily. <laughs> she, she, like, you know, purposely went and did that, which is, like, crazy. Not that she actually ate the finger, but that's crazy. That, that just kind of reminds me of that story. I mean, that's fraudulent. That's fraud, totally. right? Totally. Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's finger fraud. <laughs> finger fraud. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well, I guess there's another fun little pop quiz here. So if you had to eat human meat for survival... You know, which part of the human should you eat, eat according to a Yale nutritionist? What? The belly? Yeah, if, if you had to eat for survivability, you, eat? you know. Yeah, which parts uh, of the human should you I was eat? thinking the, be the, the, the belly area because it's more fat or the thigh. Tony? Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would think the thigh. I would think the thigh just being like a major muscle that you could... Mm consume or the butt <laughs> <laughs> yes um it would be yeah the rump area because it's you know it's protein but they also considered the brain because it's full of fat and oh. fat burns a little bit slower as well and so that's true the ideal way to eat is to consume the brain and then the thigh which makes you a it. zombie because zombies go for the brains no yeah yeah so yeah. 
This is all yeah. great story. I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I I told Mel I was doing the research while I was eating a poke yeah. a poke bowl, and it was <laughs> ahi tuna. Yeah, and I was just like, oh god, I gotta throw this out. So I I threw away a thirteen dollar poke bowl. I was so upset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Tony, what did you think of the story? <laughs> it almost, I'm not sure if I see Mavis really as this cold blooded kid because he was so hesitant to to kill Brennan. And this was the right. one person he killed, right? Yes, this was his own one and only victim, and that's why the he had so many uh, retrial. They kept just saying that I don't know. It was just like hard to like say is he a killer? You know what I mean? Because he didn't want to kill. That's why it took so long to like convict him as a murderer because you know that wasn't his his intent. And they just kept arguing. Brandis was a willing victim. Yeah. Well, another thing yeah. is that. He even stated in his interviews that he doesn't want other people to follow in his footsteps right. because it does harm. Which it takes a particular person to be able to think that way. Not necessarily an evil person, right? Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a preference, which it's unfortunate that that's the preference. But again, mm -hmm. you know that, and it's, it's like it's crazy because where do you draw the line? Like for example, fetishes could go the, to the extreme, right? Like the people who are masochists who love to feel that pain. Like where do you draw the line that it's actually abuse? There's just such like gray areas when it comes to that, and that's where fetishes are just are always usually like taboo because it's well, hard I, to yeah hard to define the line. Well, I mean even the way. Tony was saying that he doesn't seem like a killer. It, it's really evident because the mm -hmm. the other people that came to his home, he could have easily just slaughtered totally. them. Yeah, yeah, but he was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're not interested. All right, well, you can go. I mean, yeah. he still wanted to do it in right. a in a morally. No, I guess. He, yeah, he wanted someone to actually be a willing victim who wanted to die. Exactly. Um, not it, it's yeah because he could have easily have been a serial killer having all those requests. And like could have followed through with it, but he didn't. Yeah, the worst I can probably consider is maybe he took advantage of someone who was mentally ill. Because I don't think anyone who wasn't would be like, "Hey, chop me up and eat me," you know. Right. So, so that is something I would consider would be really terrible. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, like all of this is terrible, but but the you know, him taking advantage that that is taking advantage of someone who is not all there, right? But, but so but so was so was he. Like they both had the same upbringing in a sense where they, you know, were trying to fill fulfill something within them that was missing. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of children and adults today that were missing stuff in their lives, but yeah, we're that's not true. Running around. <laughs> First of all, don't lump all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's true. It's um, yeah, it's it. <laughs> this is one of those stories where yes, the the result was is different and interesting and I, I i do think that because it's so close to modern times because this happened in 2001 which mm -hmm. you know when you think of serial killers or killers in general you hear stories from the 70s and 80s you know yeah this was definitely a very interesting case and i'm glad that you know tony you were able to join us <laughs> to like dissect the yeah literally you, literally <laughs> using the words no puns intended dissect thank you for the bringing minds me of on mavis this, this beautiful journey 
<laughs> now you know what we do every time we talk about true crimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't get over the fact that his penis was chopped off. Yeah. And he was bleeding out and survived yeah. for like hours. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. And he was just in and out like, of consciousness. Just assume he'd, I mean, a lot of blood flowing down there. <laughs> Which is probably why they said, looking at the videotape, why they said that there's just no way that he was all there to make a conscious decision to to be eaten, mm. to be killed. Oh, okay. So they're using that. Okay. That was their argument. Yeah. That he was yeah. not all there. Plus, he was on a ton of like cold medicine and, and sleeping pills and, you know, drugs. So he um. wasn't in the, in the same mind to make that decision. Oh, okay, okay. So they're playing. Uh, okay, so it's the consent thing. Got yes. it. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Because yes, you can give consent, and then you can also retract consent. So okay, yeah, I, uh, that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean the the tape you said was two hours, right? It um, was two hours long, and there's there were journalists who watched it who like had to go into oh, therapy God. afterwards because it was just that gruesome. That is like one of my biggest fears is having to be called into jury duty. Yes, and watch it. Um, no, I can't do and that. Have, yeah, and have to deal with the murder trial like that. I literally, I would just be like, hey, dude, you guys need to talk to my therapist. I can't be on, on this panel. <laughs> just no. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I've heard that that tape has been leaked as well. So you can actually find it. Yeah, I don't want to see it. <laughs> um, hard pass. Hard but pass. But again, you know, it's just the internet, the the fact that there's these forums. And again, you know, there's always going to be a place for any social group. And well, the Cannibal (laughs) Cafe is no longer available. um, But there's different, there's different forums now, right? Yes. yes. Um, But that, that particular one, you won't be able to find his post. Apparently, there are actually dark side of the web, where you could go to and like, dig up the archive of the page, but I would just no, say you, no. It's the Wayback Machine. You just That's use it. the Wayback Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not really... I've never... A, oh, you've never? Oh, uh-uh. dude. That's, that's some fun stuff. You get to dig up some old dirt on people. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to find my old MySpace page and I used oh it and I was goodness. just like, wow, I am so cringy. <laughs> like 10, 15 years okay, ago. Okay, we'll have to talk offline. Maybe I want to see my Zanga page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way back machine. Way back, yep. <laughs> I want to um, way back Tony's, <laughs> all of his like <laughs> dark past. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> All right, so that is our first episode. Man. I think it. Yes. No, I'm winning. Um, what do I have? Yeah. Might- <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, but fortunately, I get to hear Tony's voice through these circumstances. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I get to meet you on normal circumstances. Yeah. Promise I'm not as weird. <laughs> well, we want to try to see if we could do this on a weekly basis. Would love so that. we'll. Um, We'll check in next week and see what topics are available. So that that should be fun. But thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.